You're listening to the Detox and Chill podcast with Meg and Beck. It's our mission to share how we pursue our passion for wellness while balancing our real-world corporate jobs. This is a place where green juice and wine are interchangeable and nothing is off-limits. Instead of finding yourself down an internet black hole, we'll be bringing the experts straight to you so that your burning questions can be answered. So sit back and relax on your office chair yoga mat and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Silverfern. One of our favorite brands. We had Charity Light and their chief nutritionist on a few weeks ago. um, And we're so excited that they're sponsoring us. I have been using the protein powder for a while now and have been loving it. It's completely plant-based and also has probiotics in it, which is so nice. It's kind of unheard of. Yeah, very efficient. I as I've said before, I love efficiencies. Um, so I've been using that and the Tino, which is their fiber powder. Um, and that has made a world of difference. So adding that flavorless powder to my drinks, smoothies, even water um, is a game changer and also very efficient. So love getting that in. So efficient. Um, and I also recently just got the protein powder. I'd heard you talk about it so much and Charity loved it. So it is just as good as you guys said. I'm kind of transitioning into trying to do a morning smoothie. So I'd been stuck in a breakfast rut for a really long time. Um, and this just makes them delicious. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It's so creamy mm-hmm. and it truly tastes like chocolate. It's so good. It's like a treat for breakfast. Um, And I personally have struggled with a lot of gut health issues. So I absolutely love Silver Fern's probiotic. Um, And I think what makes it so different is that you don't need to refrigerate it, Mm -hmm. which Charity kind of enlightened us that... um, you know, with some other brands, how would you expect a probiotic that needs to be refrigerated to get where it needs to go in your stomach, which mm-hmm. is obviously above a Not refrigerator temperature? <laughs> um, so we love it. They were so gracious to give us a discount code for you guys as well, which is Detox15. D-E-T-O-X-15, which will get you 15% off of whatever you order. Um and word on the street is that there might be a new flavor of protein mm, yes. coming soon. So exciting. So you can find Silverfern at www.silverfernbrand.com. So that's S-I-L-V-E-R-F-E-R-N-B-R-A-N-D.com. So please go check them out. I've been using the coupon code for myself. Yeah. So go check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, and we're so excited for you to try it. Thanks, Silverfern. Yeah. Thank you, Silverfern. Hello, everybody. Hi, gang. How hey. are you? It's a Tuesday for us. Yeah, it's been like a long week yeah, already. Already. <laughs> already. I feel like Tuesdays are the hardest day for me. I don't yeah, know why. Tuesdays are tough. The struggle is definitely real on Tuesday, but it was relatively like, it was pretty fast this morning for me. We were busy this morning, and then the afternoon kind of dragged on, which was tough. Yeah. Um, But definitely struggling. Yeah, and I'm on vacation next week, so it's just the oh, yeah. countdown. You're getting ready. Last odd. night, though, I slept literally for three hours. How did that happen? How did John know. not? So he fell asleep, too. So oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we ate dinner, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to like lay in my bed and read for like, uh-huh. just like one chapter, and then we were going to go to the gym. Yeah. Because I just needed to like decompress and like digest a little bit. Yeah. So, I ended up falling asleep while reading my book, and then I guess John came in and was just like, oh, that looks comfortable, yeah. <laughs> and laid down next to me, and then we woke up at like 9.30 or something. Were you so disoriented? Yeah, I like woke up, and I was like, where am you I? <laughs> well, and John had gotten up before me, I guess, and so I come out, and I'm like, why did you let me sleep? <laughs> of course, I would be instantly <laughs> pissed off. Like, yeah. it was yeah. you. I was like, you didn't wake me up. Um, <laughs> but he was like, I was asleep too. So, <laughs> so it was fine. And then, but then trying to go to bed right, I like, was say. at a regular decent time, I couldn't fall asleep. So I was yeah. up for a while. Ugh. So a little bit tired today. Mm. Yeah, I'm a little bit tired too because my significant other had to wake up for an early flight. 
to Seattle. You know it's bad and- when you say significant. <laughs> Throwback to episode, I forget what number, but seven. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I got up to pee because I always have to pee during the night, mm-hmm. and. Dan was like fumbling around with his iPhone flashlight mm-hmm. and it was like shining in my face and I just got <laughs> so mad <laughs> and then had to calm down and then I woke up this morning in a panic because I forgot to set mm, my alarm right but I still woke up early yeah but it's like that moment of fear oh yeah totally it's like is it 10 o'clock yeah it's like <gasps> yeah totally well I'm yeah. glad you made it to work though I did I was there bright and early yeah before everyone, it's fine. <laughs> um, so today on the podcast, we have Cam Simzik. Cam. Cam is so sweet. She is. She's, She's so nice. Such a gem. Um, so I actually went to college with Cam back in the day. We were in the same sorority. Um, I would do the anchor sign, but I feel like we all have moved on from that point, so I won't. Um, but, you know, she's just one of those people that has been so supportive from the beginning even earlier this year when I started my blog she made it a point to just reach out to me be like and say I love what you're doing um and she has an amazing life coaching business Mm -hmm. as well yeah so we talk a lot about body positivity and body image which I think is so important um I was actually just talking to a coworker the other day about body positivity and it's so it, it really needs to be talked about in the world of Instagram and social mm-hmm. media. Just so many things out there that we're um, just surrounded by and always looking at that we need to take a step back sometimes and realize how strong our bodies are and appreciate our own bodies and just love on ourselves a little bit because we mm-hmm. don't do that enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like Kim is just such a good role model mm-hmm. for all of that. She's, I feel like she is realistic while mm-hmm. still being encouraging. Um, and she has an amazing program coming out soon that I was lucky enough to be kind of a beta student in. It's called Turning Inward. And it's just a lot of strategies to, that I'd imagine she also focuses on in her life coaching sessions, but to just really see how you're genuinely feeling in a situation Mm -hmm. so like not what society wants you to feel not what your friends and family want you to feel but what you're feeling um and it was awesome so I love that it was so great to talk to Cam um and we are so grateful that she was able to take some time out for us and then we saw her at the good fest which Which was awesome even better yeah so good so we hope you enjoyed the episode um don't forget to rate and review mm-hmm. should we read one of our favorite like yeah, one of our recent reviews all right so this one's from bridge dawn 96 awesome podcast girls health and wellness is so important and something that a lot of people struggle with including myself so thanks to you guys for making it easier to learn about and for helping encourage me i love that love that uh. It it's just so warms true. My heart. I know. And we're like, we're with you guys. We're coming at it from mm-hmm. this perspective of like, yeah, we're interested in it, but we don't know it all. Right. We're totally not above any of this. Yeah. We're learning alongside of you. And we just love talking to people and love connecting with people. And we love connecting with you. Yes. Um, which was why we love when you comment, review, anything like that, just so we can get a snippet into your lives as well. Mm-hmm. It means the world. It actually. Does. It, it really does. We're not just saying that. No. Um, <laughs> so enjoy the episode. We love you guys. And thanks for listening. Bye, guys. So tell us about kind of your background and how you got to where you are right now, like high level. Um, yeah, how lo- high level of how you became this amazing life coach now. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's a winding road. <laughs> Um, so I started out, do you want me to start at like the beginning? Yes. Yeah. Let's go Let's way back. Let's take it all the way back. Yes. All the way back. Well, <laughs> I went to college with Meg. With Megan. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Ray Bucknell. Yeah. And same sorority. Um, so I was in radio, then I was in marketing. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life as most 20 somethings don't want to want to do. And then I went back to school for holistic nutrition and I, I was just like drawn to it. It was something that I've always loved to do and I was interested in it. And that eventually gave way to life coaching. And um, it's really a path that I couldn't have ever predicted. But 
at the same time, it just feels so right. So it's something where I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with this. Um, and I ended up here. So it took a lot of figuring out what didn't work for me. And actually that for me was more important than figuring out what did work for me. So like Mm -hmm. process of elimination first. Um, and like I said, I would have never really predicted that I ended up here and my path is still going and it's still winding and I don't know where I'll end up in 20, 50 years, but, um, but I'm just going with it, going with what feels right. That's amazing. Um, I'm really curious. So both Beck and I work in the corporate world and it sounds like at the beginning of your journey, that's where you started. So I'd love mm-hmm. to hear kind of how you processed that it wasn't working for you to your point and then how you took the steps to get to um, your holistic nutrition school. Yeah. Um, so I was, um, the, the radio job was, wasn't really corporate. It was actually super fun mm-hmm. and, um, I just absolutely loved it, but I, I really got caught up in the story, um, at that time that I had to have a corporate job. I had to have my own apartment. I had to, you know, do all these things. And so I decided to, go for that. And I was in a marketing career, um, or job. And while it was a really wonderful experience, um, something inside of me felt super trapped. Like Mm -hmm. I, I felt so stifled. Um, I was around wonderful coworkers and I was learning a great deal. Um, but I just felt like I was in jail Mm -hmm. (laughs) to some degree, like my soul was just being crushed a little bit. And, um, and I I don't think that's probably true with, you know, every situation. Um, but just at that point in my life, it, it wasn't right for me. I had some more exploring to do. And, um, and so it took probably like a year or two to figure out what my next move was. And so eventually I just, I left that job. I started waitressing. I went back to school. Um, and I really was following what felt right at that time. I didn't know where it was going to lead, to be honest. I, I thought like maybe I'll get a job doing some sort of nutrition for a company. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought that I'd have my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I did that. And then I got another marketing job after waitressing while I finished up, finished up school. Um, but again, something just didn't feel right when I wasn't aligned with the companies I was working for. Um, so I just, it was the time to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and who knows, maybe I will work for a wonderful company in the future, but it just wasn't the right time for me. Wow. So how was that transitioning to the waitressing job and going back to school? How was that? Because I know there's like a really dumb stigma surrounding like, you know, giving up a great corporate job Mm -hmm. and just kind of like Mm -hmm. almost going backwards in some people's minds. So how was that dealing with what other people thought and how did you kind of get away from that? Totally. Yeah, I did encounter that um, judgment from other people and also judgment from myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I So I moved out of my apartment and I moved back home at that time. Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, oh, this is, I'm such a failure. I don't know what I want to do with my life. But the other part of, part of me that was like the greater driving force was saying, this is just what you have to do at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, make it work however you need to do it. So yeah, at the time it did feel like a step back, but you know, now a few years later, it just, it was the right thing for me to do. Um, and also I loved waitressing. It was, it yeah, was great. I was fun. on my feet. <laughs> I was with people and it's one of those situations that taught me that job happiness doesn't necessarily come from having, um, you know, this high class sort of position. Mm -hmm. Um, if I am happy being a waitress, then that's really all that matters. So true. Mm hundred percent. Yeah. But, but yeah, there is that stigma, um, that, 
you know, I had to come up against and still do sometimes people don't really get what I do, Mm -hmm. um, outside of the, the wellness sort of bubble. Um, and that's okay too, but it does take time to, you know, come to terms with the fact that some people just won't get me Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yep. Yeah. That's something that I really, I, wish I could say I don't care what other people think, but I care so much what other people think, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's something that I have to think about most days, like Mm -hmm. how I can stay true to what I know is me as compared to expectations that other people are putting on me. Mm -hmm. But it's so tough. Yeah. And I always have a hard time. Like I think in my head, like, okay, well, how am I going to explain this to people? Like what I'm doing? Like even with the podcast, I'm like, oh, like I kind of feel weird, like talking about it. Mm -hmm. But I've had to get to the point where it's like, it's like what you're like, it's what I love. I love doing this stuff. But it's like, I don't know. It's like always that worry of like, Mm -hmm. What is somebody else going to think? They're going to think it's dumb or like they're not going to get it. And yeah, it's yeah. so hard. Mm-hmm. And those aren't your people, aren't right. my people. And mm-hmm. yeah, it. I still have those pangs too. I think it's just like an ever evolving journey. And I've found that it gets easier over time, but it doesn't necessarily go away completely just yet for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um And I think we're coming into, we're in a time, a really awesome time of, designing your own career Mm -hmm. like having a podcast and doing something else on the side and just really going for things that feel good yeah I think about that a lot like what is the cult the working culture going to look like in 20 years Mm -hmm. like is it going to be a five-hour work day is it going to be that a lot of people are setting off on their own because I really think with our generation I've noticed this huge mindset shift that Mm -hmm. like no if it's not working then there is another option whereas I feel like the generation to be honest with a lot of people that I work with it's just like accept it Mm -hmm. it's part of your life right and just completely separate that from your enjoyment outside Mm -hmm. so I don't know it's really crazy to think about it's exciting yeah it is exciting and yeah, I think like there's nothing wrong with that mindset either. As you know, it's mm-hmm. just it's just different, yeah. and it it's a really cool time to come into this and realize that that doesn't have to be the end all. Totally, and and like you said, there's definitely people who thrive in those environments and you know mm-hmm. want to work mm-hmm. up the corporate ladder and get to that point. And we still like there's a need for that. There's a need for people to do those things, but it's really awesome to see people kind of breaking that mold and stepping yes. out and like you are and yeah, it's super motivating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. So tell us a little bit about how, so uh, you started um, in nutrition and then how did you transition? How did you know that life coaching was going to be your next step? Did you have any like hints or, mm-hmm. you know, pings that told you that? Yeah. So when I started my nutrition practice, um, even like from the get go, uh, working with clients, I did a lot of work around body image and food relationships just because that was part of my own story. So, um, I think that just naturally attracted people, um, those kind of people that I wanted to work with. And those sessions naturally progressed into more life coaching sessions. It wasn't really about the sciencey part of nutrition, although I still, I love that and it's, I totally nerd out on it, but there was more to the story and I felt like more that I could offer that would be of greater service to, to people I worked with. Um, at that time, I'd been working with my own life coach for on and off for about two years. So I knew how amazing and transformative life coaching could be. So I, for about two years, I had like little inklings like, oh, I really want to do this, but I'm also in school and I don't have much money to do that right now. But it was just the right time about like six months into uh, my nutrition practice. Um, I just knew that this is what was needed and I was being pulled toward it constantly, like getting signs and all Mm. of that. So, um, 
Yeah, I think it was just a natural progression and the right program came up at what felt like the right time and I just did it. And it's really been a wonderful way to to blend my nutrition work um, and also just my love for coaching women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was a really natural thing. Cool. So you mentioned that you struggled a little bit with body image before. Can we talk about that? Because I think a lot of people can relate to yes. that part of it. Totally. Um, yeah, I. it's something that I've I struggled with for a very long time. Like when I was probably seven or eight, I remember sucking in my stomach and like pulling on my belly fat wow. and oh. just – yeah, really, really sad things. Um, but I like I had a wonderful family and it was it was not them. Um, but I think I was just being bombarded with messages from the media and I was a really sensitive kid and mm-hmm. I'm still very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just absorbed those messages of, you know, fat is bad and you have to look this way. Mm-hmm. So I I was able to exist pretty normally. Um throughout high school and in college is actually when it really came to a head. Um, I was being thrown into a new environment, had a lot of stress and anxiety already, and it manifested as an eating disorder and I overexercised and I just had a totally warped view of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, my body was the enemy at that time. It was the one thing I could control, but it was just, it was the enemy. So, um, so I had to, to take some time off of school. Um, I, I still finished, but yeah, it, it really took over my life and it was probably about a year after college that I started to get into yoga and that's what really kickstarted my healing. I guess you would say, um, really getting in touch with my body and respecting it and learning to love it. And it's taken years and I think I'm I'm still on that journey, and it, it's an ever evolving process. But um, but compared to where I was in college, I've finally come to a place where I don't really care about it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I care, right. but I don't care. I love my body, but you know, looks don't matter mm-hmm. anymore um, as much, I should say. Um, so yeah, it's it really was a defining part of my college years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's why I was really drawn to helping women around that age with that through my nutrition work. Mm-hmm. I totally relate. And I know we've talked mm-hmm. about it before, Cam, but I don't know yeah. if it's specifically the college we went to. I don't know if it's just something that, you know, same story here where like that was my coping mechanism, mm-hmm. but I totally relate to your story and it's really encouraging to your point on the other side to just be like, my body's pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. it can do a lot of stuff, you know, and it's not pretty dang cool <laughs> <laughs> and not worry about that gene size or working out for an hour and a half every single day. It's just like the most freeing thing in the entire world. So I totally exactly. Understand. I can definitely vouch that it happened at other colleges for sure. Like I, you know, me personally, I can relate to that so much. And then I know girls around me, um, mm-hmm. like I can like distinctly remember girls just saying like, oh yeah, today I spent two hours on the treadmill at the gym. And like, now I feel like I can eat this pizza. And it's like, so, yeah. it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's such an impressionable age. Mm-hmm. And especially being thrown into like pre-adulthood really, um, being on your own for the first time perhaps and like making your own meals or buying your own meals. It can just be a really challenging time being around boys. I went to an all girls mm-hmm. school for high school. So that was a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like a whirlwind. And, um, and Meg, to your point, uh, realizing that our bodies are just so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Like we have these bodies that allow us to walk and play and move and laugh and it's just an amazing amazing thing um so I'm curious how you kind of so one thing I struggle with is following social media accounts that maybe don't make me feel the best and I 
I've done some weeding out, but I'm curious what your approach is to that, especially, and you feel this, while you're kind of trying to build your own business. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Social media. I have kind of a funny relationship with social media. I don't know how you feel. Um, but I think if it weren't for my business, I don't think I'd be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, it's also a really awesome way to reach people and connect with people. Um, so I have had to create really strict boundaries around social media, um, just to, to preserve, you know, my sanity really. Um, so I have specific times I go on. I really try my best to not scroll. I go on to post Mm -hmm. and get off. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but you know, it's a daily practice. Um, and really curating my feed so I only see things that make me feel good mm-hmm. and being okay with unfollowing people that I just bring up any sort of um, resentment or things like that, but just getting curious around why those people bring up anger or jealousy or resentment. Um, so just like it's kind of like an ever-evolving thing for me. Um, some days I can be on it, some days I can't, but being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there's been a shift in the last couple of years to more bo- body positivity or is it, I don't know, I feel like there's been a big push of like, you know, the scale doesn't matter and, you know, body image is, you know, up to your own beliefs and you know however you feel about yourself but um do you feel like it's getting better or do you think it's getting worse so i think there has definitely been more awareness around it i don't know if it's better or worse Mm -hmm. um sometimes i see a lot of judgment in that space of you know, what exactly body positivity is. Mm. Um, I think it's totally up for interpretation. Um, but I, I'm really glad that it's becoming more of a conversation. So people are becoming more aware of it. Of course, there's, there's always work to be done. Um, but the fact that people are talking about it, I think is a huge positive compared to, you know, even 10 years ago when, Mm. I, I don't know. I don't, I never heard anything about it. Um, it was always about having the perfect body, but you know, having celebrities speak out about it and having great advertising campaigns like with Ari about mm-hmm. it. Um, I think it's a really positive thing. Yeah. I almost think like even like five years ago, um, or six years ago, like in college, it was still, you know, like you need to be a size two. Yeah. You need to look a certain way. Your hair needs to be a certain way. Like, you can't have mm-hmm. this or that. And so that for me, I feel like I've seen a shift in that. But at the same time, it's like ugh, so much judgment is like, okay, well now like who's the healthiest and like who is, yeah, yeah it's just know. shaming at every single mm-hmm. size. Yeah. And I don't know. I just get overwhelmed by it, it all. So I feel like I need a detox. Yeah. How do you not get overwhelmed? I know you talked about only going on Instagram certain times, but in this wellness space, you know, I feel like there's always something around you that you can get overwhelmed with. Mm. So how, is there anything you do that helps with that? Yeah, I, I, I have definitely experienced that overwhelm, um, especially being surrounded by so many awesome people in this space and trying to keep up with them. And what I realized is that a majority of the time, I just need to focus on myself. And that's mm-hmm. not a selfish thing. It's more about preserving my energy type thing. Mm. Um, for a while, especially in the beginning of starting my my business, I was putting most of my energy toward other people. So um, keeping up with all of my friends in the space and making sure I'm on top of every single trend and everything like that. But it just completely drained me. So a majority of the time, I just focus on myself. It's not putting my head down. It's just making sure I have a majority of quiet time so I can focus on my stuff, my projects, my clients, my message, so I don't get caught up in someone else's message. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Totally. Yeah. 
I think it's hard. And to your point as well, I feel like there are so many amazing people in the wellness space that sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, well, how am I, you know, different or Mm -hmm. differentiating myself? And you can pour so much energy into that. But I think at the end of the day, what people connect with is just your vulnerability and being open and honest. And I think if you can stay true to your story, then that's really what people will seek out. Yeah, and those who yeah. are genuine will stand out. It's yeah. just uh, yeah. I think there's a big like unspoken BS meter that people have. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell when people are not genuine. Mm-hmm. Um and you can tell when people are being really genuine and being you, there's no one like there's no one you in the mm-hmm. space. So simply sticking to that will ensure that you know, your tribe will find you. Your people will find you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just got chills. I know. <laughs> Me too. Um, so I want to switch gears just a little bit, but I'm really curious what – I know your days and your schedule probably changes all the time, but I'm curious what a day in the life would look like for Cameron Simsek. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it does totally change. I've actually recently been trying to – um, like theme my days. So I have, mm. I know what I'm working on each day. I'm still trying to figure that out, see what works best for me. Um, but usually I get up, I love getting up early and in the morning I really try my best to not look at my phone. Um, that's been a big help in decreasing my anxiety throughout the day mm. and also making sure that I am connected to myself throughout the day. So I don't immediately jump into the world or someone else's problems on Facebook. Um, So I don't look at my phone until um, usually like breakfast time after breakfast. Um, And in the morning, I really like to stretch. I do like 15 minutes of meditation. I drink some water and then I just get ready for the day. I really like to plan things out. So I plan out what I'm doing for the day, like whether it's clients or working on a project. And I really like to schedule in time, like chunks of time in front of the computer so that I'm not there all day. Mm -hmm. Because when I started this whole thing, one of the things that I despised about my previous jobs was being in front of the computer for eight or nine hours a day. And it just didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was realizing I was doing that and it was one of the big reasons I left that, those jobs. So, um, so I really tried to incorporate like walking breaks, just going outside and getting some sunshine and being more flexible, allowing myself that flexibility. Um, because I, I absolutely love what I do and I don't mind working a bit later if I need to, like working in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it just, it totally varies. I like to get some movement in each day. I like to get outside and that's my day. I love it. I know. It's so cool. Yeah. And I, it's so interesting. You kind of touched on allowing yourself that flexibility because I would imagine that's such a drastic change, right? That like mm-hmm. you're going from 40 hours a week sitting in a desk to, and you know, that equals success mm-hmm. to a lot of people mm-hmm. to then right. being off on your own. And I can imagine it would be hard to be like, no, it's okay to give myself this two hour chunk of time to do something and give yourself that flexibility. Has that been hard at all for you? completely hard <laughs> as, as someone who, um, I guess you would say like I'm a type a kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. Or I, <laughs> I, yeah, I had to let go of a lot of guilt around that. Um, I really thought that I needed to strictly structure my days and it took me a, a little while to figure out that it just doesn't work for me. So while I do have some light structure, allowing myself and giving myself permission to go for a walk or meet a friend for coffee has actually fueled my business, been beneficial because it allows me to feel better and healthier and more at peace, um, which just translates into my work. Mm -hmm. So that for me is still an ever evolving thing. It's something I, um, 
I think about all the time every single day, but the flexibility has been huge for me. That's awesome. So we always like to talk about financials on this podcast because our husbands love it. And I think (laughs) it's super interesting. And I don't think people talk about it enough. Um, And I know in starting a small business, starting your own business, it's not easy to go from, you know, getting paid by somebody else and then all of a sudden, you know, having to pay yourself and trying to figure that out. And then all of the tax things and benefits and, you know, how... Mm. How was that process in figuring out, you know, your business's budget and then figuring out insurance and all of that? Mm -hmm. It was definitely a learning curve, a big learning curve, um, because when I started this thing, my nutrition schooling, I was never told that starting a business takes money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hello, it takes some money, although it's great that Um, you know, online businesses, at least in my situation, there's not a lot of overhead, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it does take some upfront money. So it was a bit of a learning curve and it's not something that I really like at all. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) what's been helpful for me is, um, teaming up with friends who like it a bit more, or, um, I have a really awesome friend who is, a legal coach for entrepreneurs. Oh, She's a former awesome. lawyer. I think I know who um, you're talking about because I've heard her. On, is it Sam? Sam Vanderweelen. Yeah, she doesn't know who I am, but I like followed her on follow her on Instagram, and she's oh, awesome. She's, she's hey, amazing. Sam. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Um, she's incredible, and she has actually been um, like a godsend in this space because she's able to put a lot of fears to rest and really put. Um, you know, financial things and also, especially legal things into um, language that us entrepreneurs actually understand. Um, so with the financials, I think it just takes some time to get used to. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I had a couple side jobs just mm-hmm. to, to fuel it. Right. Um, and I was totally okay with it because it meant actually going for what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's kind of that motivation driving you. And it, I think we've had this, a similar conversation with a few of our other guests and they've always said it kind of fueled them to move faster in what they were doing. Cause they're mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to get out of these side jobs and actually get a paycheck from myself. And that's mm-hmm. going to feel so good. So let's light this fire yeah. and get it going. Um, exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. And it's so, it's so nice to hear you talk about how you've reached out to friends and people that you know, who are experts and who know more than you about that side of things. Cause I mean, that's what I feel like a lot of people don't like to admit is like, Oh, like I don't know that part of the business. It's like, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to know everything. You can reach out to people and get information and, and learn from others. And those people are, I think, more than happy to to share their expertise with people. Totally. There are so many amazing resources available. Um, and, and it's really taught me that it's okay to lean on other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, just have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you've mentioned a couple times when, since we've been talking is anxiety. So I'm just curious... I don't know your story with that, if it's something that you manage and if so, kind of your best tips to help manage that. Cause I don't know, sometimes when I drink coffee in the morning and I'm at work, I am like <laughs> level 10. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, my, my journey with anxiety is interesting because I, I used to have like full on anxiety attacks, like legitimate anxiety attacks. And it was really, really scary. And, um, as, as recent as like last year when I was starting the business, um, and what I, what I've come to realize is that I have a lot more control over it than I thought I did. I thought I was a victim to my anxiety and anxiety. It's, it's, there's so many different levels. So this isn't, you know, talking for everyone by any means. I can only Mm -hmm. talk for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically making my life more chill <laughs> is yeah. what it comes down to. 
like making sure I have all my bases covered um, when it comes to my foundation of health. So moving my body really helps. Getting outside, getting in nature is huge for me. Mm. Um, Coffee sometimes triggers that anxiety in me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I get a tight chest. Um, So I usually stick with tea. So it's like a calmer um, sort of energy. Um, and just making sure that I, I'm walking the walk. I'm doing what I share with my clients, mm-hmm. um, and I share with my audience and it's, it's really coming down to just having a chiller life mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and not putting so much pressure on myself and, um, yeah, less, less stress and just removing things that are stressful. I love that. And I think it's so easy. I mean, you live um, in Philadelphia. We're both in Boston. And I think it's really easy in these East Coast cities to kind of get sucked into this more is more attitude. And that just leaves like nothing in your cup, right? Mm -hmm. You're giving it all to everyone else. Um, And I don't know. I think it's I think it's really admirable that you recognized that you kind of needed to take a step back out of that and that's okay. And that's what works for you. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yoga and meditation have actually been a huge part of that. Um, especially living in the city, like you said, uh, it's sort of like a daily practice of staying calm and chill among noise, like horns Mm -hmm. and traffic and chaos and people. Um, so that's really helped to, to cultivate like an inner peace Mm -hmm. among the noise and chaos, um, which has really been helpful. Yeah. And you mentioned nature too. So I just went to Maine with John this past weekend and it was amazing how much just looking up at the stars and being able to see the stars helped. Mm. Cause I feel like we get that so rarely in the city. It's like, there's always like, smog covering the sky like you can't really see the stars but like we went outside and just looked up at the stars and it was so bright and I was like this is the most relaxing thing I've done in so long so really just getting out in nature is so big so important like taking off your shoes putting your feet on the ground Mm -hmm. and just feeling it um I think that is what a lot of us are lacking. Like, because we're sitting in front of computers for however many hours a day, and then we're walking on sidewalks and, you know, in the city. But just being around nature, it can be so incredible, as you said. Mm-hmm. So tell us about what kind of a life coaching session is like with you. I mean, you don't have to get into the nitty gritty, but just high level. What can people expect if they want to have a session with you? So, um, all my sessions are on the phone and they're about an hour, but every single session is different. Um, so I can't really say for sure, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people or the clients they've recently worked with, we do a lot of work around, um, working through fears or limiting beliefs, shifting beliefs. We work through, um, you know, tackling dreams and goals. But with that often come what I call gremlins. So these are like little things that try and hold us back, um, like a perfectionist gremlin or a fear gremlin. Um, So really working through that and working through old stories that hold us back from basically living our truths. Mm -hmm. So living in true alignment. like I said, every single session is different. Um, I never tell clients what to be coached on. Mm -hmm. It always comes from them. So it's, um, there's no, absolutely no agenda. Um, but with my clients, it's important that they're in a place where they are at baseline. So we're not dealing with trauma Mm. or it's on a therapeutic service. It's more about where you are now and moving forward from that so where you want to go Mm. yeah I think I do you ever find people I don't know I guess what person would be an ideal candidate for a life coaching session like do you ever find that people are a little, little like hesitant at first like maybe they don't need it I'm just curious what that looks like 
Yeah, so I, I do a lot of, we, uh, any potential clients or anyone interested, we, we talk a lot before even committing to sessions because mm. I want to make sure um, that they're in a, a good place, that we jive, um, and that they also feel like they can trust me. Um, so I'm sorry, I forgot your question. What, <laughs> what was your Just, question? I, I don't know if, so like I think about my mom, right? And I think if, you know, I was like, mom, I'm going to go see a life coach. She'd kind of be like, what? Why do you need that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious if people are ever a little hesitant at first, but then realize the true benefit of being able to bounce something off of a, um, of a coach. Absolutely. I think a common misconception, um, is that life coaching doesn't go deep and Mm -hmm. it absolutely does. All, all coaches are different. Um, but in the training that I did, things can go pretty deep. Um, like I said, it's not therapeutic services and it's not dealing with trauma or the past, but we're at a really cool time now that where people are starting to understand what life coaching is. And Mm -hmm. yes, I am constantly come up against people who are like, what do you do? That's actually a thing. Right. Is that like, does that help? Um, I find that with, um, a bit older generations and that's Mm -hmm. totally okay. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't a thing back then. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not just skimming the surface. It's actually, it can be really transformative and I can speak uh, about my own experience with a life coach. It completely changed my life. And I don't say that lightly. It helped me work through, um, my anxiety. It helped me to, in my career transition, um, just so many things. And people who tend to work well with coaches are like people in transition, entrepreneurs, um, again, people who are willing to move forward and do that work. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, I know you said, you know, it's not therapy, it's not dealing with the trauma or the past, but is there anything that people should know, you know, if they're interested in seeking out a life coach, is there anything that they should know that's you know, like off limits that you shouldn't talk about or is everything okay? So, um, I don't work with people who have, um, you know, a mental illness. Okay. I, I don't diagnose or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean is say if someone is experiencing anxiety, um, I would only work with them if it, it's in conjunction with a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so again, it's not about unpacking the past or um, things from childhood. Um, those are the really the main things. But again, it's those things tend to just come out mm-hmm. when um, we do our free connection calls. So we chat and see what your goals are, what you're looking for in a coach, and go from there. What's your favorite form of self care, mm-hmm. or does it change for you? Mm. Oh, I love that question. Um, uh, it changes. It really changes. Um, some of my favorites, can I do my favorites? So yeah, recently. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, favorites are, um, yoga, which I really love. Um, I love going outside. So just getting some fresh air and I love watching Queer Eye on Netflix. That is total oh, so, self-care. So good. good. <laughs> speaking my language. I'm obsessed with them. It's so good. It's like it's the so best good. idea to bring that whole show back. Because I remember when it was when it first came out, it was mm-hmm. definitely more like taboo back then. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like, I don't know, like coming from like a small town that I did, it's like people were like, oh, like – you watch that show you know what I mean but like now it's like mm-hmm. everyone's so like loving and accepting and yeah I don't know but it's I think so they great. still oh, love it. cover such you know even though we are I would hope more accepting mm-hmm. than however many years ago they cover yeah. issues where I'm like I feel enlightened by this right. there are still you know? issues going on for sure and yeah. they're not afraid to talk about it yeah which is exactly so good. Oh, you have to listen to Jonathan's podcast. I was gonna oh, say yes. Jonathan Van Ness oh. is first of all, his hair is like my hair goals. Goddess. <laughs> Second of all, he's hilarious. I love him. I love it. 
Yeah. So that's that's a huge form of self-care. And, you know, yeah, Netflix all the time. Yeah. 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 It doesn't always have to be these like deep, like, you know, if it's watching Real Housewives, it's okay. Well, that's like a huge thing that I see on Instagram a lot. It's like, oh, like, you know, these bloggers are going out for like a whole like spa day that I know costs like, you know, however many hundreds of dollars. It's like, you don't have to do that. Like, you can literally just go home and you know paint your nails and watch tv and like, drink that glass is of wine and totally self-care yeah. put on sweatpants yeah. yeah i'm all about the robe put on that robe <laughs> <laughs> even get some kombucha like whatever yeah. makes you feel good yeah exactly yeah i'm all about that i love that mm-hmm. um so tell us what's coming up for you what's yeah. next give us all the scoops so our listeners can be Ooh, sure to cool. follow along yeah, so let's see. Um, so I am taking on some new private clients for the fall. So there are spots for that. Um, that's an eight-week program, and um, and it's really the most attention that I put on clients. And I only take on a select few so I can put my energy, all my energy into them. Um, and then I have um, a group program slash course coming up. And um, I'm sure by the time this podcast is out, I'll be posting about it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's all about teaching you how to tap into trust and take action on your inner wisdom, which we all have inside of us. Mm-hmm. So really covering the foundational parts of that. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it so exciting i'm excited for you i know it's so fun to like see your instagram stories and see what you're doing and so pumped to meet you this weekend too yes yes (laughs) oh yeah can't wait awesome and where can people find you if they want to work with you Mm -hmm. on socials all that good stuff yeah so um i make it super easy it's just my name so it's cameronsimsic.com my instagram is at cameronsimsic Perfect. So cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so enlightening. I think a lot of people, like you said, don't really know what a life coach is or what they do or why you would need one. So hopefully people learned from this. And if they're thinking about getting a life coach, they can contact you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. it was so fun. Thank you. Um, and you can find us at Detox and Chill Podcast. I'm Best Friend Beck on Instagram. Meg is Musings by Megan. Um, and as always, rate and review. Give us the five stars. Please. Please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We hope you guys enjoyed and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, guys.